And now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to Shout Out. I'm Ali Shilton and she's a lovely Steffi Barnett. A very warm welcome to today's show, which includes Freedom Youth, uh, Terry's Top 10 Books, and Sasky Talks to Be Proud Fashion. All coming today, right here on Shout Out. I don't know why I said that there, right? Say, uh, like, uh, uh, um, uh, that, uh, that is shout out. So, yeah, anyway. <laughs> hello, everyone. It's hello. 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 <laughs> Even at all. <sighs> so, are like we all? a bit of gibberish there, Andy. Yeah, I know, yeah. Well, you know, what do you expect? It's shout out. <laughs> if it's not me, it's Steph. <laughs> <Jeff. laughs> wow. Just wow. Wow. I like it. That's, That's what a narcotic do. thrust, isn't it, Steph? It's not in the playlist. <laughs> no, it's not. No, I've got some really old tracks in the playlist. Um, and I have to admit, I really like the one that um, um, you've got for us coming up um, very shortly by Melda May. Oh, oh beautiful. Um, it's a gorgeous track, yeah. 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 So. We like an old track occasionally. Yeah, no, it's cool, isn't it? And a pride yeah. anthem, yeah. 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 I've not heard it before, it's just terrible. But, so. Anyway, hello, Mr. Um, Tosh. It was, I think it's only just come out. It was on the Graham Norton show uh, a week or so ago. Oh, oh, okay. Nice. So it's really weird watching the Graham Norton show where they're doing it all remote. So. Anyway, um, talking of remote, I'm going to move us very quickly on because we've got lots of books to get through later. But um, before we do that, um, we need to catch up with our lovely friends over at Freedom Youth. My five on shout out. Hi everyone, my name is Natasha, I use she and her pronouns. And my name's Gemma and I use she and her pronouns. And we're from Freedom Youth, which is OTR Bristol's gender and sexuality project. So every month we have a five minute slot on Shout Out Radio to talk about what's going on at Freedom. So a massive thank you to Shout Out for letting us have this opportunity every month. This month, uh, in March, we are talking about LGBTQ plus women. Um, and there's a couple of reasons for that. So we want these sessions and these these segments to be super topical and be related to what's going on that month. And as I'm sure some of you will know, March is Women's History Month more broadly. It's also International Women's Day on the 8th. And it's LBT Women's Health Week from the 8th to the 14th. So really important that we take a little bit of time to talk about LGBTQ plus women. And Gemma, why is it important that we do that about about LGBTQ plus women specifically? So we really, really don't hear enough or talk about LGBTQ plus women as much as we should do and as much as we talk about other groups in society or even within the LGBTQ plus community. So it can often feel like conversation around health is centered around other groups. Um, So I think it's really important to actually take some time and actually open up conversations and talk about issues specifically facing LGBTQ plus women. So at Freedom, we think that LBT Women's Health Week and Women's History Month is a bit like LGBTQ plus History Month. 
which was last February. So it's really important to have some time to talk about this stuff, but also it should be something that's on the forefront of our minds all year round and something that we should be talking about and thinking about all year long. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's super, like super important that we we reference that. Um, And I think it's important that we say as well that a lot of the issues and things that LBT women face are the same as the things that all women face. And that can be ideas around fitting in, around being enough, around looking and acting a certain way. And we know that women face all sorts of pressures um, that are quite unique in society. And I suppose I'm really interested, Gemma, as a young LGBTQ plus woman, what does that mean to you? Mm. I think what you just said rang really true for me and I think for me there's just so much extra pressures too around being a queer woman because at the same time as being women enough so looking and acting like a woman you also have to be queer enough so you have to look and act a certain way for that as well and that combination can be really tough to sort of understand and come to terms with and I think there's just so much pressure from all different groups of society to actually look and act this way and this can actually lead queer women to thinking like feeling really isolated and excluded from certain like circumstances and situations yeah a hundred percent and I think we you know we know that loneliness and isolation affects LGBTQ plus people disproportionately and there are so many assumptions about what it means to be a queer woman whether that is what you look like how you act who you have relationships with who you spend your time with what you get up to um, and just referencing that actually that can feel like quite an isolating place for people but also on the flip side of that recognizing that there is loads of spaces and places for LGBT women within LGBTQ plus communities communities you know in Bristol we've got a couple of really great social groups that exist for LBT women um so you know those spaces do exist but we have to really actively create those don't we yeah definitely so as we've mentioned, from the 8th to the 14th of March is LBT Women's Health Week, um, which is organised every year by the National LGB and T Partnership. There's loads of events happening for that. So have a little look online um, and see if there's anything that seems interesting for you. Um, but again, as we've mentioned, research shows that LBT women are often excluded um, and we don't hear talk about their health needs. Um, and there's a lack of understanding as to why it's important that we do reference LBT Women's Health Week specifically. Mm, yeah, that's really true. And then thinking about LBT Women's Health Week a bit further. So the theme this year is let's break the silence. So this feels super, super important for the reasons we've already talked about. And it's not only that LBT women's health isn't talked about, it's that people don't want to talk about it. And they often don't even understand why you'd want to talk about it or why it's important. So this can lead to a lot of misinformation for queer women and for other groups looking at queer women and myths and things can be thrown around and it just makes it so much harder and creates so many barriers and challenges for LGBTQ plus women to actually access information that's relevant to them, whether that's through in-face or online or through professionals or friends or family. 100% and we know for example there was a survey in 2018 that showed that 40% of LGB women had been incorrectly told that they didn't need to have a cervical smear Um, and that you know that information isn't true Um, but if that's what's being passed on if that's the the narrative that we hear then it's just so much more challenging for LGBTQ plus women to explore um, and to, to navigate their health needs and the services that they deserve and I think at Freedom what we really think is that everyone should have equity 
equitable services. Everyone should have access to services that feel right for them and to information that fits what they need and want. And that's something that we think is really important and something that we're really aiming to create within society. Um, so just to wrap up, I think just highlighting a couple of really important LGBTQ plus women um, who are doing super great things right now. Um, so people like Munro Bergdorf, Lady Phil... Paris Lees, Ruth Hunt. It's so important, I think, for queer women just to look at role models and to see people occupying those spaces with intersectionalities. 100%. And all of those people that we just mentioned are people who are doing cool things right now. But also there's loads of people throughout history as well who have done great things. Um, so we would encourage you as a kind of final send off from freedom to say, go away, have a little bit of a research around some cool LGBTQ plus women and the ways in which they've really shaped and created the LGBTQ plus community because so often they're left out of the conversation, but were super, super important um, in the fight for lgbtq plus equality for example um but yeah that's us for this month thank you very much it's always a pleasure um, and we will be back in april um with some more information for you thanks for listening if you have a story you could tell in five minutes get in contact visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Uh, that's the lovely Imelda May and uh, May to Love. Cracking track, that one. I really like that, Steph. Good choice. It is. And uh, we are made to love. Mm. All it's of us. Yes. Yeah, it's a really nice wording in that too. You know, I, I'm not I'm yeah, not the best brilliant. at listening to the words of songs. I tend to just get into a song and enjoy it, but I kind of listen to the words of that one as it went along. So, do you learn the tune first and then the lyrics? Is that how it works? <laughs> what are you insinuating? Yeah, you can't do that without a hairbrush, though. You've got to sing into a hairbrush. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's very true. Definitely, we've all done that. Or a nice cream cone. Well, ho- ho- hoping you're not going to la 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 your way through this. Um, it's time to get some uh, news headlines <laughs> with um, lovely Matthew Tosh and uh, Terry Star. <laughs> This is Shout Out News on Thursday the 11th of March. International Women's Day was celebrated on Monday, March the 8th. And we're pleased to note that many community media projects marked the day with programming by women for the whole community, including here in Bristol, BCFM, Ujima and SWU radios. On the LGBTQ stations too, there was widespread coverage with the Gadio Network showcasing the best in female presenters all day. And they were joined by Gorgeous FM and Pride Radio. Radio as well. 
the LGBT plus group within the Liberal Democrats has said that we are approaching 1,000 days since the UK government promised to ban religious conversion therapy. Prime Minister Boris Johnson has spoken of his personal revulsion at the activities of the groups, which often call themselves ex-gays. Other groups that are asking the government to take action include LGBT humanists and the wider British Humanist Association. On Saturday, March the 13th, the Sky Arts Channel will go in search of the stories of the Blitz Kids. The Blitz was a nightclub operated between 1979 and 1981 in central London, and its clientele would forge the new romantic cultural movement, characterised by the DIY fashioning of punk rock, but influenced by gothic rock, futurism and androgyny. Many of the new romantic pioneers were gay, bi or gender non-conformists, and important names include the late Steve Strange, Martin Degville of Zig Zig Sputnik, Marilyn, DJ Tallulah, Philip Salon and, most famously, George O'Dowd, who would form the breakout band Culture Club. And now, hooray for horror. The genre has a huge number of LGBTQ fans. Now, the audible range of original podcast content from Amazon has given us an interracial lesbian couple experiencing the sinister goings-on in a remote Yorkshire farmhouse. Chosen as a recommended production by both the Radio Times and the local TV channel Bristol TV in recent weeks, the story stars Coronation Street's Lucy Fallon and Doctor Who's first out gay assistant, Pearl Mackey, who herself came out as bisexual last year. It's genuinely spooky and uses the bleak beauty of the Yorkshire Moors to their finest. Ooh. A BBC investigation finds that there is a culture of abuse and bullying at Sellafield, Britain's first, largest and most famous nuclear power station. Anti-Muslim bigotry, homophobia, sexist harassment of women and anti-black racism are all documented in an investigation which finds that one in four people believe that management colluded with a toxic atmosphere at the plant which sits on the Cumbrian coast. Well, for LGBTQ people in radical green groups such as Earth First, the news was not surprising. They advocate closing down nuclear power stations forthwith. But it's not yet known what trade unions representing staff at the plant make of the BBC report. And finally, congratulations are due this week to Tashnuva Anand Shashir, who became Bangladesh's first transgender newsreader, delivering her first bulletin for the Boishaki television channel on Monday, International Women's Day. Tashnuva is 29 and, despite suffering from harassment in her life, has built herself an impressive existence with a master's degree in public health and now a burgeoning career in television. After her first transmission, Tashnuva was overcome with happy emotions, so overcome come that she broke down in the studio and was comforted by other staff at the station for these news stories in further detail and much much more you can check out our website at shoutoutradio.lgbt for shoutout news this has been matthew tosh and terry Starr. shout out news national and international lgbt news for you Shout out. LGBT radio for you. Right. Guess the year. The shout out podcast. Uh, any clues? Anyone got, got any guesses? 
Uh, you, you, lot can, this one. you can see my screen, so but would you have known who the artist was if it wasn't, or could you not see it on my screen? Perhaps you can't see it on the show, I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll give you a clue. That is just when I thought, and it's by Louise. Well, I, think, I, think it's, I think it's a, um, a red herring. I think it's probably contemporary, but it's got a very good late 90s sound. It is. Anyone going to have a guess? Or did you just want to know? Oh, gosh, I mean, it's just like <laughs> a number. 93. No, a bit later than that. 1997. So it was kind of. It was um, around the kind of time when she released um, Let's Go Round Again, if you remember that one. Let's go round again. Yeah. I'm going to blame you. Uh, that was the year I was out of the country. I was abroad that year, oh. so that's why I missed that. <laughs> she, she was very famous in the 90s, Louise. Um, she's kind of um, pitted out um, these days, I think, so I'm not sure. Anyway, um, talking of lovely people who should be famous, it's lovely Sasky. Um, and she's been catching up, um, talking about Be Proud clothing. It's B spelled B double um, E. And this is really cool. Uh, have a listen to this. Sasky 5. Oh, yes. Welcome to LGBT Shout Out Radio. You know how much I love pride. You know how much I love rainbow families, being a queer parent myself. So today I am talking to a fantastic person who set up a clothing company that is specifically around pride and how we can create more visibility. So it is with great pleasure that I speak to and introduce Nini, who is the co-founder of Be Proud Clothing. Nini, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Uh, I'm really good. I'm really good. I was saying before, what I do with this is I love to just really look and promote all the uh, amazing things and people and things that people are doing within our community, uh, you know, to make sure that um, they get a proper shout out that they deserve. And then I came across Be Proud Clothing and I was like, fabulous. <laughs> so, you know, tell us a bit more about that. How, how did it kind of start up? Where did the idea come from in the first place? Okay, so um, Be Proud started back in 2018 um, and it was purely, we, me and my partner, um, we, we were pregnant, we were having our first child um, and going to Prides, we, we wanted our little one um, to be part, part of it, um, feel part of the community um, and we couldn't find anything for her to wear or um, there, was, there was commercial stalls with with the bow ties, things like that. But we wanted her to, you know, be part of it and have her own T-shirt and hat and and just be fully immersed in it, really, uh, and enjoy it herself. Um, and there was nothing. So that's where the idea, we, we started talking about it and then it, it, it was just born, really. We just, you know, went with it. <laughs> <laughs> and how long has it been going? How, how long have you sort of had the... So 2018 is when we, we first started um, and, it, you know, we started small. We, we um, did a little bit of market research um, and, and put it out there, really, just to, to ask people in the community what, what their thoughts were, uh, whether they thought it'd be a good idea. Um, and it was all positive feedback. So uh, they, they agreed totally and couldn't understand why it hadn't been there before um you know there's there's places in america places like that way where, where you can get things but nothing here in the uk and and so you know we thought why not we might as well 
do it and, and do it our you know do it our way but with other people's feedback so it's it's inclusive to everybody yeah no that's it as well I mean and it's really interesting to me that actually this is there's like a gap in the market really because when we think about how big yeah. it is and obviously you know LGBTQ plus parenting I mean thankfully there's so much more visibility even around that to think that yeah. something like this um you know wasn't really an idea that was kind of thought about at this point so I suppose you, you got in on time with that one didn't you <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> um, I, I do love it as well because it's obviously the most important thing is it's creating visibility um you know I know it's children's clothing from sort of newborns up to eight, around the age of 10 I believe yeah yeah um but I I, I love the collections so tell us talk us a bit uh, through you know a bit more about the collections we've got the the proud collection which can be worn by same-sex families or the LGBTQ community, but the the Pride collection is is aimed really for for attending Prides. Um, so we've got um, like Love is Love with the Pride flag, Be Yourself, Pride Vibes. The, there's loads of different designs there. We've got the Transform collection, which is aimed towards the trans community and we've had help from from people in the trans community on designs and things which has been fantastic and and they're doing really well we've not long done that so that's that's getting out there and and it's becoming more popular now so yeah we're just we're just slowly adding to the collections and you know do it doing what what our customers want really yeah, and that's it, isn't it? Very much for me, L with the T all the way, you know, within our community. So, I, you know, in terms of how we can always be even cl- inclusive within our community, that's so important. Yes. And um, I love the idea that you've also got, just moving that on slightly, thinking about um, the be kind uh, clothing. And one of, the, one of the ones that I love the most, it says, if you can't be quiet, be kind, be quiet. And I just think that's yeah. so... But what I love is even for kids, you know, wearing, because the thing is, unfortunately, with our community, often there can be homophobia, biphobia, transphobia, and that's not even for us as, you know, people who are, who identify as, uh, you know, LGBTQ+, but also families. So do you find that, how do the kids respond to that? Do they feel quite empowered? Do they boost their confidence having that kind of statement T-shirts that you've got? Yeah, definitely. I think it, I think it's important, you know, to to treat people the way you want to be treated. And I think growing up like from a child, knowing that and having that just in you as a person will be so good for you. Like, like growing up, I just think if, if you're negative and, and discriminate against people, then you, you're going to have to expect it back. Do you know what I mean? If you have it in you to be kind to everybody, no matter what their background, their gender, their sexuality, anything, anything really, you know, then you're just a nicer person you're a kinder person so be kind yeah there we go bringing it back to (laughs) it and that's so true isn't it and it is I guess that's what I love the fact that it is where it is kids clothing like you say they're getting that positive message from the start um to know that actually it's not acceptable to to be you know not kind and and for kids yeah and not to discriminate against each other um I mean what do your kids think more importantly because you know two mums you've got this they must feel welcome at prides how is that (laughs) (laughs) yeah they love it um we've got we've got um our daughter she's three years old and um she we'd, we'd like more kids in the future but you know we want them to to feel part of the community and not feel the the odd one out just to mean we're everybody's equal we want them to grow up knowing that really yeah that's it exactly and that's that's it that's a great 
the great message of it all really isn't it um just lastly before we start rounding up um obviously we've had the pandemic you know there's no getting away from that but last year all our prize pretty much went virtual uh you know which was um still great that we was able to come together um this year we're hoping for london pride in particular to be set for september do will you be having a a pride store a stand or is it just like get out and get online and get our stuff for these prizes to celebrate how are you promoting it for this year yeah so covid did have an it's effect the pandemic did definitely we we did everything we could we we did rainbow mass we did our rainbow t-shirts so with the hashtag in this together and 30% of the profits went to NHS charities which was fantastic we we're not doing any actual prides this year we're we're still doing our our products here and we're sending them out for people to go to pride but we won't be attending any this year yeah I guess it's still a bit like a we're not officially sure of how yeah that's it so look, I'm really, I'm really loving your stuff. I love the fact that we've got the, um, you know, the kids are involved and, and it is really about, you know, uh, grassroots upwards, I think, going forward for the future with this, isn't it? But where yeah. can we find you if to buy their prize stuff? Even if we end up virtual, let's promote online. How can we <laughs> do that? We've got our social media platforms. We're on Facebook. So be proud. Be as in the bumblebee. And you'll see by the logo, it's a, a rainbow bee. We're also on Instagram, which is B underscore proud underscore clothing and we have our website which is www.beproud.co.uk oh loving it people get your orders in in advance because they are going to be inundated especially if we do go out in the open and have a lot of pride so yeah listen thank you nearly so much for talking to me i'm loving the stuff that you're doing and just you. yeah, good luck with everything going forward and i'm excited to see what comes out uh, in 2022 collections yeah definitely thanks for having me <laughs> bye For more information about Shoutout Radio, visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shoutout. LGBT Radio for you. The Shoutout Podcast. Oh, another one from uh, kind of around the same kind of time. Uh, that's a baby bird and you're gorgeous. Very commonly shouted very loudly in nightclubs when people have had a few to drink. Isn't that right, Steph? It's a lovely song, isn't it? <laughs> it, it is a lovely song. Andrew, I'm gorgeous or you're gorgeous? I am say you can shout loudly when you've had a drink. Yes. <laughs> the lyrics are quite funny, aren't they? They're quite, they're quite racy, actually, the lyrics. Yeah. That's the first time, you know, since it was released that I've actually sat there with headphones on thinking, this is a bit racy, isn't it? Very well, when yeah. you, it's a bit like, because Andy, you were talking about um, about lyrics earlier on in the, in the show, and when I yeah. first heard that story, uh, that song, I, like Terry, I thought, goodness me, this is really racy. You listen to it, though, it's about photography. It is. Yes. Oh. Yes, indeed. Yes. It's, it's, it's funny. Great, it's a great little number. Yeah. It's funny because there, there are there are quite a few songs that really play around with that. Um, Gary Barlow yeah. does a really upbeat song. Um, I forget the name of it now. We played it on the show a few times, but it's actually about a really depressing um, subject. It's about him splitting up with someone. Um, and his wife, yeah. Yeah, very sad that was. Yeah, yeah. but it's well, a really uh, upbeat song and you're listening to it and you're just like, this is really cool, I like this. But if you well, listen to well, the words, course, you're like, oh. 
Yeah. Well, ABBA, ABBA were very famous for that, though, weren't they? I mean, a lot of their songs are quite darker yep. toned. They're about loss, mm. growing older, the loss of youth, the loss of innocence. And um, yeah, uh, they're very sugary pop songs. Which Dancing we Queen. Love, but, uh, I think they described half the gay men I know. <laughs> well, I was, well, was going to say. Uh, apparently. <laughs> Sorry, I, Terry. I, I wasn't aiming that at you, honest. <laughs> I've heard that the Dancing Queen may actually that Ben and Ben and Bjorn when they wrote it may have meant a young man rather than a young woman. I don't know whether that's true. Oh, or not. I but bet certainly, that's a rumor. Certainly, that's they did know they had a very. They certainly knew they had a very big uh, gay fan base, Abba, yeah. and, and welcomed it even in the well, late. Still 70s, do yeah. even now. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, Abba is one of the bands that really has stood the test of time. I mean, even youngsters these days listen to it and love the music. You know. Um, but yeah, still. absolutely. Anyway, written songs. Um, we're talking Andy. books now, aren't we? We got um, it's a bit to of a tongue music to books. Yeah, a bit of a tongue twister. Terry's top ten. I was like, oh, thank God, I'm not drinking when I read well, that one out. These, <laughs> <laughs> these are the top ten books. LGBTQ plus books which have been chosen for us from News from Nowhere. Our friends up at News from Nowhere, which is yes, the independent bookshop independent bookshop in Man- uh, sorry not Manchester Liverpool let's get the northwestern town right wow uh, that Liverpool because <laughs> <laughs> um, they'll give me a good slapping for that next time I'm there oh yeah Kate. but you'd enjoy that so much <laughs> and, I, and apologies Kate in advance I haven't got your your countdown that Steffi keeps asking me to do the kind of like top oh, of the pops jingle no problem no problem oh the Alan Freeman thing I just that's what it is yeah. I think I'd like the yellow pearl one the uh, film Lineup version from that period of Top of the Pops. Oh, the line, from the early ni- uh, yeah, yeah, for, yeah, yeah, and Andy for my yeah. yeah. Yeah, early nineteen eighties. Um, that one, but the actual track that you're thinking of, Terry, is uh, called at the, sw- at the sw- uh, swing of the swinging symbol or something like that. It's the sign of the singing. Yeah, that's right, swing the swinging symbol. symbol. Yes, ah, but by yeah. Now, okay, you're starting for ten, Andy H. Uh, sing it. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's that's, e- that's easier said than done. I know I can speak the chart to it. Just I can do a fluff Freeman. Okay, but it's right. quite oh, oh, you do it then. That makes about the tenth recording I have now of Steph doing that over the last decade of shelter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on that note, pretend that's playing in the background. And uh, number 10, Terry, would you like number to tell 10, us? Indeed. Number 10, the 10th most popular LGBT book at News From Nowhere in Liverpool is One Life by Megan Rapinoe. Now, Megan Rapinoe has uh, been in the news in the last six months. She's spoken out very firmly on trans women's right to compete in sport. She's an Olympic gold medalist. She's a two-time Women's World Cup champion. And in this book, she reveals for the first time her life both on and off the field is guided by a personal journey into social justice and brims with humour, humanity and joy. She urges all of us to ask of ourselves, what will you do with your one life? Ah, does that not depend on if you believe in reincarnation or not then? 
certainly does. But mm. there's only one guaranteed life. No one can prove reincarnation. Or can well, they? that's true. Well, <laughs> we'll get Jodie Whittaker on to talk about that maybe one time about endless life. Now, number mm. nine, queer brown voices, uh, personal narratives of Latina LGBT activism, which is edited by Uriel Quesada, Leticia Gomez and Salvador Avedal Ortiz. Now, queer brown voices is documenting the efforts of some LGBT activists from a Latino or Latina background, or indeed a Latinx background, comprising essays and oral histories, uh, interviews that represent the experiences of activists across the United States. And in Puerto Rico, the book offers a new perspective on the history of LGBT mobilisation and activism. The activists discuss subjects that shed light not only on the organisations they helped to create, but also on their broad-ranging experiences of being racialised and discriminated against, fighting for healthcare and the HIV and AIDS epidemic. Number eight, Conundrum by Jan Morris. You may remember we covered Jan Morris uh, back in January when she passed on. She was a uh, trans woman. Yeah, she was a travel writer, a very loved travel writer. She was a trans woman as well, uh, transitioned in the 70s when she herself was in her, uh, was in her 50s, I believe. So she had an extraordinary life and uh, Conundrum is her grippingly honest account of her 10-year process of transition. Uh, it was first published way back in 1974 and generated interest from around the world. So she was apparently a lovely woman. She uh, embraced Wales, you know, for our listeners on Radio Turquoise. She was a proud uh, Welsh woman, even though uh, she herself had been born in England, but she embraced the Welshness of her father. So so uh, that's Conundrum by Jan Morris at number eight. Number seven. Oh, you have to think with that one, though. That was, that was back to, like, the 1970s, wasn't it? In a completely different time. Um, I bet, bet that's quite a read, that one. Sorry, Terry, Indeed. didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, not a problem. Number seven, In at the Deep End by Kate Davis. This is a novel, and it says, Until recently, Julia hadn't had sex in three years, but now a one-night stand is accusing her of breaking his manhood. A sexually confident <laughs> lesbian is making eyes at her over confrontational modern art, and she's wondering whether trimming her pubic hair makes her a bad feminist. Julia is about to learn what she's looking for in love and satisfaction in all the wrong places. In at the Deep End is a warm, brilliantly observed lesbian debut from a major new talent. That costs eight ninety nine, by the way. It's available in paperback. That sounds that sounds like quite a lot of fun. That one, to be, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm loving the sanitisation of what what's in the script as well. Well, that was the way it was said to me. Yes. So I, I'm just just I just tone it down for evening radio. Number six <laughs> is the old the oldest gay in the village by George Montague. Now I don't know if you know this chap. He uh, appears at pride parades in Brighton on his motorised scooter. He is now. Now 98, I believe. He's born in 1923. Yes, so he'd be 98. George Montague has seen many changes in his lifetime, few greater than the attitudes towards being gay, attitudes that saw him criminalised for the sin of loving another man. Here are the moving and humorous memoirs of an undefeatable man committed to helping people accept homosexuality, even if they may not understand it. George is finally now beginning to see the acceptance he longed for through his younger 
years and is proud indeed to be the oldest gay in the village oh bless so that, sounds, that sounds lovely <laughs> yeah it's weird it's one of those things you don't really think about isn't it I mean it must be horrible to have seen uh, like all the homophobia all all the way through your life and we're we're not equal yet it's still ongoing but it's a damn sight better than it was 20, 30, 40 years ago and it, it must did, be yes. when you're at that age at the end towards the end of your life and you're looking like well now it's okay and you know I, that, that must be horrible yeah yes yes so much has changed and it's nice to, for people to be able to reflect on how it has changed yeah. in a lifetime now yeah. number five how to be ace a memoir of growing up asexual by rebecca burgess this is a brave hilarious and empowering graphic memoir we're following rebecca as they navigate a culture obsessed with sex from being bullied at school and trying to fit in with friends to forcing themselves into relationships and experiencing anxiety and ocd before coming to understand and embrace their asexual identity this gives unparalleled insight into asexuality and asexual relationships how to be ace shows the importance of learning to be happy and proud of who you are that one retails at 12.99 i think that's the first time we've had a book yeah i was going to say can we clarify what being asexual means for those that may be listening going i'm not 100 percent sure of course asexuality is and people will correct me if i get it wrong because um obviously it's one of these identities which is newer to the whole lgbtq rainbow but asexuality are people that experience sexual attraction to not men not women not trans people not gender um non-conformist people not anybody and they tend more to have romantic friendships am i am i right in thinking that would that be a fair yeah summary yes people who have a so. well I'm, yeah. i've just looked up the definition forgive me it is a wikipedia thing but it says there's a la- la- lack <laughs> anything of anything on wikipedia yeah i know there was a time when wikipedia was held in high regard but it doesn't <laughs> seem to be so much these days but it says um asexuality is the lack of sexual attraction to others or low or absent interest in or desire for there sexual activity um there so there you are. go so that's one of the first times we've had a book on the uh, top ten mm, list. I was going to say, is, which is a memoir of growing up asexual. It's a really important book that should be in every school and every university for people to refer to. Number four, as we go into the top five, is Pride: The Unlikely Story of the True Heroes of the Miners' Strike by Tim Tate. Well, you all know this story because we've all seen the film, and uh, recently there was sort of you know talk about it in the context of It's a Sin, the uh, Russell T Davis drama set in the nineteen eighties. In the 80s, Margaret Thatcher's hardcore social and fiscal policies devastated Britain's traditional industries. And at the same time, AIDS began to claim lives across the nation. At the height of this perfect storm, there were people who decided to come together, bringing the LGBTQ community and striking minors together to protest against Mrs Thatcher's government and to support each other. It's an alliance which helped keep an entire valley clothed and fed during the darkest months of the strike when people's benefits were cut back and it led to an overdue acceptance by the trade union and labour party movement that homosexual equality was a cause to be championed that's the pride book that's at £8.99 and, and if you haven't seen, well. I was going to say, you haven't seen yeah. the film. So. Yeah. Um, and I will just point out, it's not us falling asleep to Terry reading out books. It's Steph's dog you can hear snoring in the background. <laughs> it's Oscar, isn't it? <laughs> yes, my registered trademark for radio programming. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just really conscious we can hear it in the background. <laughs> so I love the film. I learned loads of new new phrases like it what is a Lesoff is. Film. And <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, carry on. Uh, number three. Yes. Number three is coming out stories, uh, personal experiences of coming out from across the LGBTQ plus spectrum, edited by Emma Goswell and Sam Walker. And this is based on a popular podcast series called Coming Out Stories. It's a humorous and deeply honest book inviting you to share one of the most important moments in many of our LGBTQ plus lives with your gay, pan, queer, trans, non-binary or an ally is a go-to resource filled with helpful advice and tips on what to expect based on what lots of people have gone through before can you remember coming out for the first time yes can any of us mm. yeah. yeah very yes. very very and and i know you we made a joke out of it and turned it into one of our jingles but you know it's something you go through again and again and again every time you meet like a new set of friends or you change jobs or something you know it's you and and you i i always thought it would never get easier but it is good to say it actually is because i changed jobs in january and it wasn't even a question you know people talked and you know some people were like you know my husband and you know being same sex <laughs> others were like oh my girlfriend being opposite sex and no one batted an eyelid and I think yes. first time in my life I've not had to explicitly turn around and say I'm gay I just talked like they did normally and it just happened to be about Carl you know but yeah, I do remember coming good. out and how traumatic it was uh, what about the rest of you do you I was going to say, for, for me, I'm quite lucky because um, I've had a couple of new members uh, uh, starting my team in the past couple of weeks. And I just said, oh, well, I'm the LGBT network chair for the organisation. And it's quite interesting because it's, sort of, it's the way I've just introduced the subject as, hello, I'm Andy and this is what I do as well. So mm. it does make it, it, it makes it easier for me now. But I, I remember coming out at work um, and that I did at a Christmas day. Um, and that was after four years of working with a lot of people. I, I thought you were going to say that was after four four glasses of wine. <laughs> uh, there, there were a few glasses of wine that night. I have to say. Um, and I hate to add, it it's was, not just um, coming out with, about being gay. You know, I mean, it, it covers the whole spectrum, um, as I'm sure both Matthew and oh, very Steph will so. testify I mean, I could, to. You know, it's yeah. Yeah, very much so. I mean, when I first came out, it was actually easier to, 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 to say that I, I was gay because more people understood that. And it was only later afterwards I said, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm bisexual because that was easier than, than trying to describe what pansexual is. So yeah. it's, uh, I've kind of I'm just <laughs> a little bit further, just ease people in. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Step by step. Yeah. Whereas poor old Steph's got to try to explain how on earth she's a time lord. I mean, that's just terrible. <laughs> Well, it's the two hearts that give it away. Yeah. <laughs> do you know, I, I do remember just about the time I was just ready to come out, I went down to the student union shop and I bought my first copy of Gay Times. Mm. Uh, and, uh, Regina Fong was on the cover, if you remember that drag act. And uh, it, went, it didn't scan, it didn't scan, so it was like, Shell! 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 I'm a skater! She yelled across the shop. So, uh, damn, damned, damned if no I was going to come out in any discreet fashion. Anyway, we're now on to number two. I was going to say, two, yeah. Get, get in there. <laughs> Purple Prose, Bisexuality in Britain, edited by Kate Harrod. This 
is an accessible collection of interviews, essays, poems and commentary which explores t- topics such as definitions of bisexuality, the intersections of bi with other identities, stereotypes and biphobia, being out as bi at work, teenage bisexuality and bisexuality through the years, the media's approach and fi- fictional characters. That's quite a heavy heavy research but that's 23.99 that's available in paperback. That's edited by Kate Harrod. Uh, very yeah, quickly before we move on to number one then Matthew tell us what's yes. the difference between being bisexual and pansexual oh yes oh gosh right a bisexual uh, kind of infers that you're attracted to what uh, you know either of two genders so it's, it's the, hence the bi um, mm. meaning two whereas pansexual is uh, really about the whole spectrum uh, of people so a, a pansexual person is attracted to people Nice explanation. Cool. Right. Uh, finally, then Very number succinct. one, Terry. Sorry, I'll let Steph do that. Um, it's a book that's actually been in the top ten before, but it's I right up at number one this time. Yeah. It's Fabulosa: The Story of Polari, Britain's Secret Gay Language, written by Paul Baker. Now, uh, for those of you that don't know, and I think quite a few people these days are aware of Polari, it was a language, or rather, an idiom, an argot, which was used chiefly by gay men in the first half of the 20th century when the relationships oh, but were it, it dates back to like yeah. the 11th or 12th century or something I mean it's, it's been around for yeah. ages it, it goes back with bits, um, Romany um, kind of like the bits of gypsy back yeah. slang there are bits of London yeah. slang thieves cant from the middle ages and so on and it's a, a language which was used to disguise our meaning when uh, when things were illegal but that's Paul Baker that's 9.99 so that's your top 10 books we've for this thank quarter you, thank you very much Terry um, we've had a lot no of fun problem. with Polari over, over the years on the show haven't we, we have remember, we, 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 we did um, we used to have a feature in the show that was all about the events that, that were going on we, we cancelled it a few years ago uh, because you know um, they're so easy to get hold of that info now it wasn't as good having it in the show So, but we did do an events one week where I think it was Martin Spilacy read it and it was in 100% Polari you had no clue what he was saying but it was so <laughs> It was on the BBC at one point on a Sunday lunchtime in, 90, in the 1960s. Mm. Um, yes, that's Kenneth Williams, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. on Round the Horn. And, and, and some of the things that they got away with saying on radio when you translated exactly. it would have been bleeped or they'd have been kicked off. Yep. <laughs> Even today well, they would have been. <laughs> I think yeah. there's, one, there's one episode where the two of them go on holiday and uh, the, the host of the programme um, uh, Kenneth Horne says um, you know I, I, any problems oh Julian was stung oh was he a Portuguese man of war well we never saw him in uniform which <laughs> 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 I think is hilarious <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh it it's, was it, it's, very, it's very interesting to listen to e- even listening to it today it's quite interesting to listen to how they got away with stuff <laughs> some and of it was them too people... to be fair wasn't it I oh, mean yeah. the, the, the way they said it characters. they were just like hilarious very funny <laughs> very funny man so we'll have to the do that again Kenneth Williams uh, perhaps, perhaps we'll have to yes. resurrect that so you never know we'll do, a, we'll do an induction session into how to speak Polari that'll be good <laughs> uh, anyway that's it for this week um, again as a reminder we are looking for more people to get involved with the show uh, if you or someone you know is interested please please do get in touch with us 
It's not just about being on air. If that's not your thing, there's plenty of help needed off air too. Just get in touch by emailing studio at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Uh, we'll be back next week when we'll be doing something that's not on my script because I forgot to change it this week. We're not doing It's the census. It is the census. <laughs> we're doing the census. There we are. Yes, we're interviewing somebody involved in the census, people. Bye. Shout out. LGBT radio for you.